All right. Good evening and welcome to episode zero of the Breaking Balls podcast. I am your host, Adam O'Shea. I am your other host, your co-host, if you will, Bob Perry. I'll be the uh, the co-pilot on this one. Yep. And like we said, episode zero. So we figured we may do, do ourselves a little bit of justice and introduce what we're going to be doing here and introduce ourselves. Uh, so Breaking Balls, obviously, you can understand from the name. Uh, breaking being that we're going to cover a lot of stock car racing and um, the balls part being football. So as football season comes around in August, we're, you know, probably going to like the rest of America. We love football. We're probably going to talk about it a little bit, but primarily we're just going to talk some racing and, you know, luckily today being episode zero, we've got a ton to talk about. So Bob, why don't you go ahead and get us started? Yeah. You know, we were, we were kind of just going to do a, I think a, a post New Hampshire podcast just to kind of start things off. But, uh, Let's see, we're recording this on Tuesday night, so let's see, the 12th, if you're listening. Uh, if you haven't been following, it's been a, a weird Adam. Um, I know I texted you mid-work day. Some news today um, out of the Toyota, just kind of mid-season difference. Um, Tyler Reddick. Yeah. Tyler Reddick, that guy. He is going to 2311, apparently. Uh, when's he going, though, Adam? Next year, right? This year? No, no not next year, but the year after that which kind of makes you wonder 2024 why are we we announcing it this early if it's 2024 just very strange it was out of the blue i mean i don't think from from the judging on social media i mean nobody saw this coming no i i I think even in our early exchange of text messages we we were both shocked as to how it even mm -hmm. came together and then obviously with the announcement but you know Bob Parker's tweets, and usually doesn't surprise me as much as that, but in the <laughs> middle of a work day on a Tuesday. Bob, come on, man, my poor heart. It was, it was one of those things where you knew Tyler Reddick was going to be a free agent coming up. I know they had done the extension for one more year at Childress, so okay, time. But, I mean, this there was no inkling of any kind of signing here. Uh, 23-11, you know, having an okay year, I think kind of underwhelming for a lot of people, one win for Kurt Busch, but um, to sign Tyler Reddick, first of all, very big deal. Let's get that out of the way. I mean, yeah, massive signing. One, one of the biggest free agents upcoming for sure. Everybody was kind of planning around Tyler Reddick. So that's a big dom. Um, I mean, Kurt Busch and Bubba Wallace have to be thinking, well, okay, that, is this part of the plan? Is, is, is Kurt leaving after, after 23? I mean, what's the, what's the deal here? I, I mean, Denny's gone on the record a couple of times and said, you know, Kurt's got a seat as long as he wants it at 2311. So what does that mean for Bubba? Do we, do we have any idea? I mean, Denny said it flat out when they announced it, you know, they had their little uh, kind of the modern day press conference where you just set up a, set up a video camera in front of you. But you know, like, like Denny said, I, uh, I wanted him. I, I've raced with him. I, I know that this is a guy who's got a ton of talent. They know nothing about it. They don't know who the sponsor is going to be. They don't know anything about which car it's going to be. They just know that Tyler Reddick's going to be racing for 2311. I think, you know, the more I thought about it, I mean, originally didn't make a ton of sense. But as you look at it, I mean, we know that Denny Hamlin is invested in the future of NASCAR. We know that he's thinking forward and he's thinking about what the future of the sport looks like. And to go out and to get a guy like Tyler Reddick, I think, I think Denny really sees that Tyler is going to be a top five driver in NASCAR at some point. And I believe that. I, I thoroughly believe that. I, you know, I'm a young NASCAR fan. We'll get into that as we kind of uh, as we grow through the podcast. But 
And what I understand of NASCAR, I love watching Tyler Reddick drive. I love everything about him. I think he's a fun, you know, fun guy, fun character. Seeing a little short guy running around the track like that's a ton of fun. But yeah, I just, I, I did not see him announcing his plans for his future this year at all. It was a complete shock. But the more I think about it, the more Denny makes sense. I mean, Denny delivers after all, and here we are. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go ahead and get out of the way. You already mentioned uh, the little guy. I can't wait for the Tyler Reddick and uh, Michael Jordan photos. Those are going to be great. They've already been on Twitter. There's been a couple of them. That's going to be a great (laughs) dynamic. I mean, just for for comedy alone, it's going to be good. And not to mention, I mean, think about it. You're sitting across a negotiation table from Denny to Hamlin and Michael Jordan. Those are winners. It's something to be said. Not that Richard well, well, I mean, a winner. I, hold on, hold on, hold on. Not that Richard Childress ain't a winner. But at the end of the day, what is more exciting in NASCAR right now? What is more exciting in NASCAR? Other than Trackhouse, of course, because Trackhouse had a huge year. But there's been nothing more exciting going into the year than 2311. Yeah. They were the most exciting thing in NASCAR. They got the celebrity names. And obviously, it was enough to pull a guy like Tyler Reddick. So, We'll between Michael happens. Jordan and Denny Hamlin, they have six championships between them. So, I mean, oh, man. I'm, sorry. Denny, I'm sorry. I'm Denny sorry. I'm sorry. Well, we're, we're starting off the podcast and Denny Hamlin's probably not listening anymore. So sorry about that. But um, no, it's it's really interesting. You say that um, it's, it makes fit. It makes a good fit um, with Reddit going to 2311. It does. But are they better off than RCR right now? Uh, the only reason I say that. Just, you know, you think of the you know, hierarchy, if you will. I mean, you've got Joe Gibbs is basically satellite team version is 2311. So you've got four cars already ahead of you. I'm just saying the pecking order for as good as Tyler Reddick is going to be in a couple of years where he's going to be in his prime, where, you know, he's this coveted free agent. Obviously, you know, 2311, they probably paid him a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, money talks, first of all, money, money talks. talks. Amen. But just for a competitive reason, um, and I'm not saying RCR is going to be, you know, competitive for championships here, but is it a lateral move? Maybe Denny Hamlin has plans down the line. It's hard to predict the future. It's just from a just purely you know, reactionary. It, it was just kind of like there's a lot to process for sure. I will say my one major takeaway was um, a couple months back, we heard, you know, Denny Hamlin's not putting any more money into NASCAR. He's going to, you know, put things on hold while they mm-hmm. await the revenue deal and Turns out, you know, publicly you're saying one thing, but privately, I mean, what's what's a bigger investment in the future than signing Tyler Reddick with no sponsor, no idea of the car or anything? You're just saying, yeah. I know he's the driver. We'll figure out the rest of it. And that seems to be a pretty big investment in the future to me. Yeah, and I'm sure Reddick will bring some sponsorship. You know, I'm, I mean, yeah. he does not have a trouble at RCR filling out a car, but it's just – it's an investment for sure. Is if they're not going to do three cars, then it's going to make a little more sense. You're going to be losing Kurt Busch, probably. I would imagine. That, I mean, that makes the most logical sense, right? That, that Kurt retires in two years. Yeah, I think two years. You know, I think it's kind of like a, a nice sunset provision for Kurt. You know, doesn't force his hand to make him retire next year, but I think that's what makes this deal make sense. And you know, with the 2024 delayed start, I think it is likely we see Kurt Busch retire. Um, I just it would be it will be very interesting if Kurt Busch in 2024 decides, hey, you know what? I think I still got another year or two of driving because does Danny honor what he's always said or do they add another, you know, do they end up running three full time cars or what does this look like? Well, Kurt will be 46 at that time. So, I mean, he will not be a spring chicken, but no spring chicken. But I mean, 
do you really see Kurt Busch letting go racing stock cars that easy? I don't see either Bush getting out of stock cars easy. So I was just going to say, I mean, the 18 doesn't have a sponsor for next year, but I mean, everybody's everybody. I've only heard a couple people online talking. Oh, what if Kyle Bush walks away? There's, I just don't think there's any chance. The other thing here and, and, you know, we haven't, you and I haven't even really talked about it, but I mean, RCR is kind of in a tough spot here. Uh, you know, their press. Did you see the press release that they they came out and said point blank? You know, this this is about as bad of timing as it can get. It's, yeah, I mean, woo. you know, ultimately they said. Uh, so here's the full quote from uh, from Richard Childress here. RCR said in the statement, "We're proud of the success Tyler Reddick has found at Richard Childress Racing." We're focused on winning a championship in 2022 and 2023, although timing of this announcement could not be any worse. I mean, any worse for a storied race team like Richard Childress Childress Racing to come out like that. That is straight out of Richard's mouth. You know, you know, there's definitely some expletives that got taken out of that statement before it got published. I mean, that was straight from Siri to the press right there. That was straight from Richard. I mean, that is, that is an emotional press release. I, I just don't do, uh, I don't have any idea of what it looks like as to, you know, as for Richard Childers moving forward, who do you get to fill that seat? <laughs> I mean, you look, you've got Austin Hill and I think Sheldon created Xfinity. I mean, maybe Jeffrey, it's, it's not a great, it's not a, yeah, no, I mean, even if you go, you know, even if you want to go down into the trucks, into the bumper car series there, I mean. I hear Matt Benedetto's out there. <laughs> Matt Benedetto is always looking for a ride. <laughs> Matt Benedetto's ready for another cup shot. Amen. <laughs> Just waiting on my chance, coach. Woof. Enough. Man. Matt Benedetto, well, that's enough time for him. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's about time where we stop the uh, Tyler Reddick talk. Maybe uh, transition to a little bit of an Atlanta recap. Yes, yes. So, uh. It was a uh, quiet race. If you, if you, if you, I know you didn't get to catch it live, but I was, I was texting you a lot. I felt bad kind of blowing your phone up, but I mean, it was one of those races where I, I mean this, Adam, every single second you looked up, there was something happening. And I mean, it was a true super speedway type race. Yeah. I was uh, stuck at a uh, wedding brunch. Um, so luckily <laughs> I got, got my trusty co-host to, uh, Send me text messages throughout. I'm sure we've all been there, you know, not be not able to get at the TV. You know, wife of the girlfriend says, hey, nope, got to stay off during the event. Well, I missed the race. And uh, I guess my question for you after uh, after reading all your texts was, what do you think happens first in the next week? Does Denny wreck Ross or does Ross wreck Denny again? I mean, my <laughs> God. <laughs> at, this, at this rate, I mean, Ross is going to wreck Denny every other week. I mean. Denny keeps I mean, saying where it's going to come around at the at the time where it matters, and that may be. But Ross is getting some punches in. He is, I, and maybe he doesn't mean it. But I mean, Adam, Ross is in something every week. I mean, at the end of the day, I appreciate that he dropped the apology this time. You know, the, oh, I gotta be better. I got, I gotta try so much harder. Dun, 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 dun. You know that whole song and dance. You know, I, I'm glad he dropped it. Um, at the end of the day, I think a guy like Ross Chastain, he's fighting to get up and, you know, to gain respect. I think he'll admit he does not have a ton of friends in the garage area. But I think at the end of the day, with his style of driving and with where he's at skill-wise in his career, he has to drive on the edge in order to get himself in these positions to be in the front of the race when it's over. And luckily, you know, or unlucky, <laughs> unlucky for Denny and many others, 
he doesn't have a problem driving through some people to get there. And luckily he's got the owner, you know, he's got his team owner supporting Justin Marks, track house races and everything like that. I mean, they love him. So I Perfect think it's, a, it's match made in heaven, really. I mean, a young, mm-hmm. young, ambitious driver, young, ambitious owner. I mean, it's one of these things. I think track house is going to be a real problem for years to come. And, you know, and they've, they're just pushing, they're pushing forward so much. And, you know, it, it'll be a shame to see if, if Ross gets paid back when it matters most in the playoffs or something deep in the chase, you know, you hate to see it, but at the end of the day, you got to understand it after watching all these, after watching all these wrecks. I mean, that's gosh. the thing you, you said track house is going to be around for a while. If Ross is going to be that guy where he's going to be, you know, running top five, top 10 every week, you know, he's going to have to learn at some point that you can't race, you know, it's the final 10 laps, you know, stage one, stage two, you know, I mean, yeah, that push on Truex, yeah, you know, it's super speedway. It's it's tough. It, it is what it is. You know, it, it, I know Austin Dillon was pretty upset. I know he's had a couple run-ins with him, so he's kind of not get, he's he's not earned the benefit of the doubt with a lot of these guys. So, you know, it's tough, but you know, Ross has still got to learn that you know if you're going to be a contender, you, you know, you're going to be racing these guys when it when it matters here, and they're not going to cut you any breaks. They're not going to. It's it's. I don't you know, know, when you look at the big names of NASCAR, you know, the Kyle Larson's, the Denny Hamlin's, um, guys who are running at the top consistently, Kyle Busch, there's, you know, almost like in hockey, you see it, it's the, unri- it's the code, it's the unwritten rules, the give and take of racing. And I think that's the biggest problem is, gener- you know, the generational gap in race car drivers is basically it. it push forward in the Ross versus Denny debate because you got a young guy who drives aggressively and you've got an older guy who's used to the give and take and used to racing with the code to where, Hey, I'll give you two spots here, but I'm taking that, you know, I'm taking those two spots back in 50 laps and just the give and take that came with NASCAR racing. And as guys get more aggressive, we're seeing less people give and a lot more people take. And, you know, I I don't even, I don't even know if it's an age thing though, because those guys you mentioned, who'd you mention? Larson. You mentioned Larson, Kyle Bush, Denny, and I'll throw Chase Elliott in here too. Those yeah, those are yeah, all yeah. some of the stars of the sport here. And what do they all have in common besides that? They have all had run-ins with Ross Chastain <laughs> and have had some kind of words for him publicly. I yeah. just it, at some point, it, you know, it's not it's not just, you know, every weekend it's like, oh, it's a mistake. It's not a mistake. That's just no. how he races. And like you said, he's owned up to it a little bit, but he's starting. And I respect that. I respect that to an extent, but it's at not, some point, it's not, it's not going to last. No, at some point, the guys you're racing with are going to start putting you into the wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, putting, putting somebody into the wall, did you see Cody Ware either pop a tire <laughs> or drive himself into the wall at Atlanta? I didn't watch well, much of the race, but I did catch that. Just when you thought that, okay, Cody Ware may, you know, make it through a clean race unscathed, you know, hey, maybe make a top 15 or a top 20, may fall into one. Nope. Nope. Not nope. even a little bit. <sighs> we, we jinxed him. I think we jinxed him because we had literally just texted about that, about maybe 10 or 15 laps where, hey, Cody Ware has actually had a clean race. It's yeah, believe possible. It or not, you know, uh, as, as this podcast continues to grow, Breaking Balls podcast is going to put together a Cody Ware, conting- a Cody Ware win and contingency plan. Just in case Cody Ware does ever win a race, we will have a contingency plan to celebrate to the fullest extent. See, not the, because... The pro- the Go problem ahead. though Go is ahead. the problem is your contingency plan is Cody Ware and mine is Cole Custer, and there's just that little chance that Cole falls into one every once in a while. He got ninth this week, and that felt like a top three. 
Cole Custer getting ninth this week and still wrecked on the last lap, mind you. Well, naturally. But, I mean, poor Cole Custer. I got to say, just just watching the highlights of the race and, you know, seeing the wrecks and, you know, it was cool to see Corey O'Joy running up top, up up front. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot more people were giving Chase Elliott grief over that block, which I really didn't have a problem with it. I've watched it a couple of different times. I was going to say, you you hadn't mentioned it. I I was curious, actually, what you thought of that. You know, I, what's, what's Chase supposed to do there? Let him pass him? The only reason I say that is we just spent about five minutes on Ross Chastain. (laughs) But at the end of the day, it was for the white win. Flag, it was look, for the white, win. Look, white flag, white flag waves. You do what you do to win the race. I it mean, at the end the of win. the day, that's all it is. I mean, and we're forgetting the fact that right after he blocked Corey LaJoy, he went straight down and blocked Ross Chastain. Mm-hmm. So he was blocked. He threw two blocks, and we only had a problem with one of them because everybody was kind of invested in the Corey LaJoy story. But yeah, at the end of the day, that's racing, and you know, you gotta you gotta give it to Chase. It was a great block to get up there. I mean pushed him up as far as far as he needed to, and then got down, blocked Ross, and got the checkered flag. It's all you can really ask for, right? The people of Dawsonville, Georgia, that uh, were featured a lot on the broadcast. Uh, yeah, I, I'm going to be honest. Like I They said, were very new, happy. They went home happy. A newer NASCAR fan, um, my my understanding is the Dawsonville Pool Hall isn't even a bar? They don't even serve beer there? I don't know enough of it to even comment on that part. I know that their burgers are apparently very good. I mean, I'm sure that, that uh, the local cuisine in Dawsonville is, is you know, great. I'm sure Top I you know, don't want to, you know, turn anybody off from Dawsonville right now. But um, I don't know. The, the pool hall just every t- – they, they showed it so many times that it just got to the point where it was like, okay, we get it. You know, Chase Elliott is the hometown guy. Yes, I know his dad is the only guy from Georgia that's ever won in Atlanta. But it just, it got to the point where it was a little much. It, you know, it got a little extreme. I, I, you know, I think, I think we love, you know, we love to see where drivers come from. We love stuff like that, but in moderation, I think, you know, if, if Chase Elliott's leading with 10 to go, heck yeah, go, you know, go to the Dawsonville pool hall once or once or twice, that type of thing, you know, yeah. maybe, maybe towards the end of the race, you know, if he finishes, you show a side by side with the bars reaction, or I don't even know if it's a bar the pool hall's reaction as well as the race, you know, that type of thing. But to consistently go, I mean, you may as well have been, you know, posting the screenshots of our text messages talking about the race. I mean, these guys aren't even there. They're just chilling out, hanging out, watching the pool, watching the race, which great thing. But if they show it during stage one and then cut to it, stage three, you know, every once, but it's, you know, every 30, 40 laps. Yeah. I The only problem I really have with it is just that, for one driver, it kind of feels a little biased. You don't do that for any other driver at any other track. It's, you know, you don't do that in Vegas for the Bushes. You, you know, when you're in Michigan, Brad Keselowski does it. Now, look, nobody in Michigan cares about Brad Keselowski. I get it. I get it. I understand that. But I don't know. It's just for people that aren't Chase Elliott fans or that are, you know, neutral, it's like, okay, why are we focusing so much on this? When he won, it was like almost kind of predictable. I'm not saying it's rigged. I, I want to be very clear. He earned it. I mean, he controlled the race the entire time, won two stages. It's not like that, but I don't know. Just it, it was a little tiresome at some point. You know, I uh, I think if you polled NASCAR fans, they would probably have taken Digger over the Dawsonville Pool Hall. Oh, <laughs> we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna bring up Digger. I, you know what? That's what Fox needed this year. They needed Digger. They needed Digger. Who thought? 
You know, I will say the uh, the stark transition of the uh, from the Fox broadcast on into the NBC broadcast. Uh, even though they've taken them off the Big Boy Network, off of NBC, moved most of the races over to the USA Network, I think they're doing a great job of you know making sure that they're covering the moments that NASCAR fans want to see. Uh, you know, a lot of the pre and post race stuff is you know not getting cut off, and of course we hate that it's not on the big network. We'd love it to get as many eyes as possible, but. Wonder what you thought, Bob. What do you think about NASCAR being put on the USA Network? Yeah, I mean, I like you said, it's it's not in as many houses. I will say, USA is in more houses than NBCSN. So last year, I mean, the the viewership was up. I did see this week compared to last year. So that's hey, look, more eyes are always good. Means more money. Means more potential fans. It's always good. Um, we'll say I didn't like that uh, they they didn't interview any of the drivers like after the wrecks. No, nobody, not a single one. So yeah, kind of a qualm was- with that, but. Like you said, though, the post race, especially there was like 45 minutes from checkered flag to (coughs) excuse me. There was 45 minutes from like checkered flag until they went off air. So they got to interview so many different drivers. They got to actually let the moment breathe and like digest the race. It felt like it wasn't just rushed off air. And that was with Fox. A lot of times it would go. They'd interview the driver on the start finish line. And that was it. It was over. It was almost like that you had the rug cut out from under you after you invested three hours. And NBC, it, it, their coverage is just, it, it feels just all around better. And there's something to be said. I mean, I think Dale Jr. in the broadcast booth is just so good for the sport of NASCAR. He's, he's just, you say what you want about everyone else. Dale Jr. is just, he's so good for our sport. He is he's, so, so good. Just such an ambassador and, you know, all they're doing with Dirty Mo Media and everything like that. I mean, he's just knowledgeable. He's There's no bias at all. He's just he, – he, he brings so much insight without, like, overdoing it. There's times when Jeff Burton's a little loud and, you know, a little you know, animated at times. But, I mean, I, even Jeff Burton, well, I, time, I like. I mean, I think we're forgetting. Side job! Side job! <laughs> he, he gets a little animated at times. Amen, but that's all we can ask for. It's always good to have that in commentary. Shifting gears a little bit more, um, looking forward to New Hampshire. Um, obviously, very flat track. First time we go there with the next-gen cars. Um, we've seen some of the woes at flatter tracks. Uh, you know, not that you could really compare Martinsville to anything, but, you know, we do have some problems with downshifting and things like that on these flat courses. What do you think this is going to look like this weekend, Bob? Who do you like? Yeah, I mean, the Magic Mile last year was a real big toss-up with Amarola winning. It kind of threw a big wrench in. Is it going to be one of those races where somebody kind of you know comes out of nowhere and steals one? Everybody's kind of circled this one and a couple other ones down the line is uh, for people that are kind of not in the playoff bubble, kind of last-minute shots to get in here. I, I don't think so. I just, with the short tracks so far, it hasn't really lend me to think that the racing is going to be great. I'm not going to say that New Hampshire is going to be a snooze fest like Martinsville, because I want to give it a shot here. It's not fair to say that, but I don't think it's going to be a toss up here. I would, I would imagine that, you know, one of the the top teams, whether it's Hendrick with their short, their short track package, they've been very good lately. I know Gibbs usually probably it's hard to, it's hard to count on any of the Gibbs cars on short tracks. Denny Hamlin is always very, very good at New Hampshire. So is Kyle Busch. Uh, I know last year, the, People forget last year that they had that rain thing in the, the first 10 or 15 laps that took out like half of the Toyota. So, oh, that's uh, right. yeah, so it'll be actually interesting to see that the Toyotas actually have a full field this year, too. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm just interested to see, like I said, with the next-gen cars coming to New Hampshire for the first time, um, I have panic at the disco high hopes, but at the same time, <laughs> I don't know, man. I, 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 I just think this has every indication of very interesting restarts, and that's just about it. I, mm-hmm. I think we're going to get into um, a lot of racing that's just, you know, very much straight line, not a ton of passing, um, but... I guess that's one thing to look at. If you are degenerate gamblers like ourselves here at the Breaking Balls podcast, you will want to pick some drivers that are up in the field, um, definitely qualified higher. Um, I don't think there's going to be a lot of movement throughout the race. but doesn't look like it's going to be too hot either. It looks like there's going to be rain in the forecast, so that could always throw a wrench into things. But um, mm-hmm. So as far as brake temperatures and things like that, may not be too much of a factor. I know some, sometimes when it gets a little hot during the summer, You'll see, you'll start to see some of those pieces fly off. I know I texted you a couple weeks ago, Road America, seeing some of the brakes fly off. It was oh, getting a little testy out there. So I don't think you're going to see that at New Hampshire. Uh, I, like you said, I, 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 restarts are going to be a little hairy at times, but um, I don't think you're going to see anything too shocking. All right. Bob, I'm going to put you on the spot. Who's your winner at New Hampshire? At New Hampshire. Okay. So I'm going to go out on a limb here because he is desperate. Martin Shrex Jr. is going Martin? to win at New Hampshire. Wow. He, he a is, bold pick for episode look, zero. Ever since he has announced that he is coming back for 2023, he is actually, I mean, he's done a lot better, raced a little bit better at Road America after his abysmal performance at Sonoma. He's a good road course racer. So the fact Great that road course racer came back at Nashville, I had one of the best cars. That's just I'm, we're not going to get into all that. There was a lot. To, there's a lot <laughs> well, to digest from Nashville. Um, and even last week, I mean, he had that spin out with, with Chastain and came back and was in contention to win at the end. So he has been very competitive the last few weeks. I like Martin Truex Jr. You know, I'm kind of going to stick in the same vein. Somebody who's been very competitive in the recent weeks. Um, I picked him last week, which usually means that next week it's coming. Uh, I think Kyle Larson, like you were talking about earlier, um, not really going out on a limb there. Um, Kyle Larson, one of the best race car drivers in the world, but with Hendrick's short car package, um, you know, seeing his teammate get a win, I think there, there's something to be said when your NASCAR, you know, a teammate NASCAR gets a win, kind of gets a little sense of urgency, especially when you're driving the caliber, caliber of Kyle Larson's. Um, I think that's enough to push him over the edge. Um, flat track. I just think he's got, you know, got the comfort there. With nothing, if nothing else, then with the track. So Kyle Larson, but keep an eye on Kyle Bush because why not? I was to say, if I gave you one, one shot in the dark, dark horse this weekend, who you got? Mm, I've been on Michael McDowell. I think he's had a really decent season. He's running all right. Um, I think this could be a week where they put it all together. I, I really have, I've really enjoyed watching him race as a, as I've kind of gotten more into the sport. I think he's a guy who's got a lot of, you know, a lot of talent, season vet. Just been around forever. Yeah. So he's got a shot at it. Why not? Michael McDowell. I like that. I like that. I. It's, it's tough to to throw out a dark horse because there's so many dark horses that have been competitive this year. Um, I mean. I mean, who had Luis Suarez win a race? Or Daniel Suarez? Fuck. <laughs> that's a soccer fan move. There. We're not hey, even that's editing o- that out. I'm keeping that's that. okay. That's I'm okay. keeping that right now. The fact that we're fucking that up. I love that. Oh, uh, that's, that's, that's my favorite part of the whole podcast right there. I think there. that may be my favorite part too. I'm so bad with names. <laughs> Look, man, episode zero, you're going you're gonna to have to start tra- keeping track of that. I do that all the time. I was going to say, just, just take a, take a number every time we do it. 
please tweet us at uh, at breaking at breaking balls, and then uh, we'll yeah. we'll take a we'll take a number every have time we, Adam screws up. Have we charge him? Have we invented the Twitter yet? If it's not by the by the time this is out, Breaking Balls Twitter will be out. I know the Instagram is out. You can yeah, follow Instagram us is on yeah Breaking Balls Podcast on uh, on Instagram. So if you were lucky enough to receive this recording and uh, want to check us out on Instagram, I think that would be lovely. But this is kind of our give, like give this me is like our lost yeah. tape. This is give our lost tape pick though, because other than me saying Luis Suarez like an idiot, I need you to. Uh, I, I honestly, yeah, that was that was lovely. Just hey, no, of course, pick. I'll shut the fuck up now. You're good. You're good. Hey, this is this is this is breaking balls after dark officially. This is breaking balls, baby. Yeah, well, you know what? It's not even a dark horse, I guess. But Daniel Suarez, Daniel Suarez, not even Amen. because you said Luis Suarez, but just because Trackhouse is in the running every freaking weekend. It's hard to not pick one of them. I mean. I don't know what it's, Pitbull has done to these cars, but Dale, Dale I mean, he, he is Mr. Track Wide. Mr. Worldwide, now. Mr. Track Wide. Uh, he My is, gosh, he, man. His team is a powerhouse. But uh, man, no, if this. I, if I'd have told you in 2005 that Emmett Smith, Pitbull, and Michael Jordan would be involved in NASCAR, my gosh, what kind of simulation are we living in? But what a what a, I mean what a great opportunity for the sport to grow. I mean you get so many interesting names, so many people who, you know, have such business savvy. I think you know NASCAR's in some good shape with for the future if some of these uh, team owners continue to grow into their own. That's the thing. You look at where it was five years ago to where it is now. I mean they've made a lot of strides in not only diversity but just you bring in so many different people from different areas of the world. Um, from you know all the different sponsorships, all the different owners, they've done a great job of mixing it up and not just making it you know the people that have always been in NASCAR. They've done a yeah. great job of kind of including and growing it into the new generation. Well, and to just think about Trackhouse, you know, I know we've been talking Trackhouse a good amount, but the yeah, idea the poster of child of this, they really are, and of that, you know, to have that third car available for international drivers to come in and say, hey, give this a shot, come see what this looks like, and not only do they bring their, you know, their driving expertise, they bring their brands with them. They bring who they are. They bring, you know, their fans, you know, a lot of the F1 guys. I know, I know there's been rumors of a couple of the F1 guys who kind of been murmuring about getting in that seat and maybe giving it a shot. So, and I, I know you're not a huge F1 guy, but Kimi Raikkonen coming in at Watkins Glen in a couple of weeks. I mean, that's going to bring so many people that are just going to at least pay attention to how he does. And he's a global star. A and I was just going to say, star. I was just going to say that I am not the biggest F1 fan, but I do know who Kimmy is and I am going to be watching and kind of taking a peek as he's driving around Watkins Glen. I mean, I, I just think it's such an interesting concept to get a to get a very familiar name in an unfamiliar situation. And why not? Let's grow. Let's see what happens. And, and for someone like Kimmy, for someone like Kimmy, it's just as exciting. I would imagine it's a oh, challenge. Yeah. It's something different coming into a completely different territory completely different sport almost i mean it's not it's nothing like open wheel so no. to do something on this it's on a, a track like Watkins Glen that he may be a little familiar with uh, it's going to be interesting to see how he actually adapts and, and drives with these guys yeah i'm just excited that you know not only for Timmy but for the future you know just thinking about the names that come to mind when you're thinking about who could possibly get into that car i think that's half the fun for fans like us is just dreaming about who's going to get in that seat one day and drive around a nascar track 
I know they're going to be teammates for the day, but do you think that uh, Ross Chastain spins Kimmy out? Dude, at this rate, who knows? He may not even recognize the fact that there's a third car, a third teammate on the track. He just drive through him like he doesn't. He hasn't else. wrecked. He <laughs> hasn't wrecked Daniel Suarez yet. So he's. I mean, he's he's still zero for one on as far as the important ones. Yeah, Luis Suarez. I think you got that wrong. Luis, yes, of course, Luis Suarez. Yeah. I think Daniel Suarez. The ninety-nine cars forever going to be Luis Suarez. It's just I mean, we'll, we'll make we'll make T-shirts. Amen. But no, right. this was kind of our like uh, our kind of our I guess lost episode, just kind of episode zero one to test this out, do something different. Like I like we said, you know, this is our, our first go at this. So uh, if this was awful, please tell us. You know, we we uh, we need to know before we put this yeah. out. We would like to know if it's very bad, but um, yeah, I think you know, I I think we've both been talking about doing a podcast together for a long time. Just a matter of figuring out what the topic would be and. You know, I'm excited to kind of let our, you know, to let our personalities come through as we're talking a little bit of racing. And yeah, you know, if you're receiving this, we love you. We trust you. So give us your feedback and call today. Yeah. Uh, Tell your mother you love her and uh, thank you for listening. We appreciate you for that. Yep. This was episode zero of the Breaking Balls podcast. See you. Go, Go break someone's balls.